Welcome to Unbridled. If you're looking for an equestrian podcast that is raw, unfiltered, and authentic, you've come to the right place. Go grab some wine, your equestrian buddies, and get ready to buckle up for an up-close and personal ride with your hosts and invited guests, where they will discuss equestrian-related topics and life in general, both in and out of the saddle. And now, here are your hosts, Rachel Ardry of Above the Bar Sport Horses and Jessica Langenbach of Comeback Equestrian. All right, let's get unbridled. Cool intro. (laughs) Welcome to Unbridled. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Ardry with Above the Bar Sport Horses. And your other host, Jessica Langenbach with Comeback Equestrian. Yay. Let's go. Oh my gosh. So Jessica, my, okay. So let's just say that we're doing this broke equestrian style. Um, normal people have like a cute little booth and headphones and a mic and all of that. And I have a Mac computer. We're at the kitchen table. Um, cash is barking (laughs) in the background. I've got breeches on. Jessica's got breeches on. She's a uh, cracked open a cold one. I have a Michelob Ultra. You have a cup also. I have a really cute cup. It's a Christmas cup. <laughs> it's not what's under the tree, but who is gathered around it. I like that. That cancels it out. Cancels what out? Drinking. If you have it in a, a <laughs> it's got a nice motivational quote. She's on it. only on her first beer, by the way. <laughs> this is really how we are. So uh, yeah. I think if we're just honest from the start. I'm very honest. <laughs> So yeah, we're doing this broke equestrian style. Hopefully our internet holds up. This is actually our second take at our podcast. Um, We're going to incorporate a little bit of our last podcast into this, but we did have to re-record it as I think I was having some issues that night. Anyways, it's two hours. If we ever release it, it'll be uh, some type of blooper reel. Yeah, it was, it was (laughs) hilarious. So doing a podcast is a little nerve wracking. And you don't think it is, you know, you know, I got a text from you one day and it was just the, did you send the picture or did you, you were just like, Hey, let's do a podcast. Oh, I said, Hey, hey, let's do a podcast. And then like an hour, see, I'm type A personality and I sound like big math daddy right now. Cause I'm sick. You are. Yeah. So I'm sorry that my voice sounds like I'm driving the dump truck around your neighborhood or something. <laughs> now she's clapping like a seal. <laughs> Welcome to Unbridled. Uh, yeah, so I'm sick. Um, but yeah, I, I text her and said, let's do a podcast, type A personality. So I'm like, oh, well, I have to make the logo thing. So I created our picture for the podcast and it kind of just took off from there. Um, so yeah, we're in the kitchen. <laughs> our day, we just got home from the barn, uh, rode the girls. Well, I didn't do much of anything because every time I stand up, I'm dizzy. I watch everyone else ride. You had a good day at the barn. Had a really good ride with my girl. Um, I'm so proud of her. I don't even know how to explain or do you even start what this horse came from um, and the situation that she went through. And it's only been, she's been at the barn we are at currently for three months. Yeah. And we really pushed her and started gearing we, up for 2020, probably what, about a month ago? About a month ago. A month really and a half her ago. At work. And I mean, they've blossomed and she's very excited for people to finally see like a whole video of what is going on, not only with your, your girls, yeah. but um, Mystique and Elsa. I think we give a little glimpse here and there, but all right. So that's our day ourselves. <laughs> um, so me and Jessica, just a little bit about ourselves. Me and Jessica have been friends. We're going on 10 years and I can't even, I feel like I blinked. And here we are, but I guess there's been a lot in between. Yeah, that's crazy that we've, we've been friends for 10 years. Um, we met yep. in Mississippi. Where I am from. Yeah, uh, I was yep. living down there, actually. Um, we met at a barn that we were both riding at. We rode together for a couple years. Um, I actually got Mystique down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of rivalry when we first, is that, that's not the even word, even talk. Uh, yeah, I was considering the horse which if you you know anything about Rachel Mystique is absolutely her heart horse 
and I had considered buying a horse, but Rachel showed up and said, Nope, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually broken my back off a sales horse and I was helping work at Gulfport Winter Classics. And I, when I first met Mystique, I didn't even like her. No, you didn't. <laughs> she was ugly. She was brown. She, uh, anyway, she was terrible, but Jessica was riding. I remember one day I was like, oh, I like your heels. Do you remember that? Yeah. I was like, oh, I like, who says that? I am like very professional, <laughs> but I say the most awkward shit. I like your heels. Like, really? I highly relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So we met down there. Um, and then we've kind of always been friends. I, I came back to Nashville five years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's my, my dog's barking in the background. That's cash. Um, so I came back to Nashville five years ago and me and Jessica kept in touch always. And we were a long way apart. And, you know, like I said, I've said it before, you know, we haven't had a friendship like that where, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a convenient. It's not like we saw each other every day or someone from work. No, we had to really communicate to actually stay in touch. So, yeah. And we talked about life, horses, boys, everything we were going through, Jessica was going through something at the time that I had already been through. Jessica's a little bit younger than me. Um, so I, I try to help you through that, I think, and everything I was going through, just having a sounding board and somebody that understood the horse aspect of things, as well as personal, professional. Um, I, I feel like we all need a friend like me and you. Yeah. Like we all need that relationship where it doesn't matter if you come in you know, mascara running down your face and a whole bottle of vodka and five cigarettes hanging out your mouth, that person's still going to love you and get you through it um, and love you through it. I will say that. So that's kind of us, our story. Um, so this podcast <laughs> is kind of a heart project for us. So Jessica kind of told you earlier how it got started, but the more we thought about it, and the more we thought about what we wanted it to be and what we wanted to share with everyone, it was kind of heavy. Yeah. We, I don't think we realized that at first. It was like a ha-ha text, you know, perfect. That'll be so fun. And then we we're like, wow, there's some things that we're going to want to touch on that are heavy, but they need to be said. And I think there's people who can, we can help or, you know, even if you just relate to it. Um, yeah, because nowadays you have to be so careful about what you say because of safe sport or what you say because you have, you know, you're a professional in this industry or that industry or you have a full-time job or you don't want to offend everyone. And let's be honest, we all pay someone to judge us, right, at horse shows. And I think the equestrian community judges people so harshly about anything they say. So coming on this podcast and creating it and being so vulnerable – that kind of opens the door for a lot of scrutiny and a lot of commentary, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of judgment that could come with this, but you know, something we want to do and it's been such a, it's a heart project. Yeah. And it's genuine. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I tell everyone that I've talked to you about it and me and Jessica have t- talked about it. I want it to be unmasked, super authentic, unfiltered and raw. Um, so I hope you guys can relate to us. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. So it's, the podcast is going to be about growth um, and everything that we've gone through this year. And it's just to share who we are, what we are. It's not even who we are, what yeah, we are. Yeah, who we are, what we are. I'm a What female. we're working on. Yeah, what we're working on. So you can get to know us and you can relate to us going forward, hopefully. And um, this one's on growth. I feel like me and Jessica, 2019 tried to kill a bitch. <laughs> 2019 um, beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> get a little ghetto. She bougie. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And it kind of related everything back to how that affected us in the saddle. Because I felt like people go through a lot of real things. And it does affect you mentally, physically, emotionally in the saddle. And people don't talk about that a lot. You know, so many times we see people out here showing or riding or doing whatever. And, you know, people make mistakes at horse shows sometimes and people are really hard on them. And it's like, you have no idea what they just went through last week, a month ago. Um, Maybe that's why they went off course. Maybe that's why, you know, something happened. So we're just going to talk about some of those things. Um, So, 
first, I'm going to kind of let Jessica tell you her story and what she's been up to the past year. And I do want to say, Jessica's sitting in my kitchen. So that means Jessica lives in Nashville, Tennessee now. We're coming up on five months. Oh, Can you believe it? No. <laughs> it's crazy to um, me that you've been here for five. I I'm so blessed and grateful, you know, and excited to have my best friend in Nashville. And I feel like God put you here. Like I really needed you here to get through a lot of things and to just kind of interesting timing when we're looking back, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting time. Yeah. And we'll get into we'll, that. We'll get into that. I need to drink my whole <laughs> drink before we get into that, but we'll get into that. So tell me a little bit about kind of, of you know, the move here, why you came here. What are you looking at? There was a, I don't know, there's a car. Pay attention. <laughs> this was me in school, guys. Pay attention. <laughs> it doesn't matter all. So but, how you got here and kind of that story. So the decision to come up here, I don't know if I've actually even said this to you, that decision was made probably about a week. Um, there was a week that I really just sat and was like, no reason to stay, you know? You know, I got, someone recently asked me, why did you leave? I said, why stay? And that person got pissed off, but I, I mean, love that though. But you know, there's, there was an opportunity for me to go. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. And I said, I just need to go up here and see, even if it, even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go and I'm going to try. And I want to tell everyone I have been trying to get, I had a lot going on in the past, what, two, three years. Yeah, absolutely. Just what, you know, what, what I, with people that I loved and a lot of things happening, horse industry, professionally, whatever, Nashville is booming. So even for the job market outside of the industry, it's great. Great. I, I would even say that the horse industry is, uh, kind of clicky here. So the, the horse industry jobs aren't, they're scarce here unless you're in the know, but just Nashville as a whole is just booming. And I had a lot of great things going on. So I tried to get Jessica to come up here. What for the last two years, right. I've been making trips for yeah the past two years and I've been up here a lot, actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, but, you know, that, and before I wasn't really planning on moving here. I've, come up here and hang out with you but the decision to come up here was made in a week and you're never going to be ready for a leave like that I didn't realize know? it was only a week she had like yeah. put it off for a little bit yeah. and I was like what's going on like get up here get up here and I was like oh god if I don't keep pushing she's not going to come and then all of a sudden I absolutely was like, I wouldn't have. she's here um so why did you come up here you know I just felt like I owed it to myself to go and see you know go so that's a Big, big move, leaving yeah. your mom, you're young, everything. That I have you. no family here. All of my family is eight hours away. So let's talk about getting you up here a little bit. We had to sell. Yes, we had to sell two of my horses um, off the track, eight-year-old, you know, babies still. And I know, sold them to a very good home that I thought, what, right, a repeat did. customer, I thought every good intention um, so we sold the horses, Jessica moved up here and you also moved up here to improve your riding a little bit and Correct. to get back. I did talk about that a little bit. You know, I came up here thinking I really needed to ride with a very specific person to get me back riding and get my confidence back. But, um, it took me about two weeks, a couple rides to realize, um, something in me had changed. And that that instructor wasn't gonna get me where I needed to be. And you can have, you can love someone and, you know, want all good things for them, but that doesn't mean that's who's gonna get you so where that's you hard. need to be. That's hard right. for you and to say. And I, oh, that was hard for me to say. And I think that kind of goes back to, it doesn't go back to anything. I, I think I'm just gonna say, I think some of us riders struggle. Like, who should we be riding with? Or, how we've been riding with this person or we're loyal to this person, but sometimes things just change. You change, your horse changes, your needs change, and that's okay. And we have to, as a horse industry, get a little bit more okay. I was about to say, we have to be more understanding of someone needing a different approach. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're a bad trainer. It doesn't mean that your program's bad. It doesn't mean any, 
thing like that. You could be the best trader in the world. You could be George Morris for all we care. Let me not even say that name. I might get <laughs> shots fired at me or something. But everyone's needs are different. Everyone relates to a different trainer a different way. Um, and you ride with one trainer and you get a ton out of it. And then you ride with someone that you've been riding with for so long. And it's just like, it's not there anymore. And that's okay. Um, I feel like people have to be okay with that, right? Yep. So before you got up here, you went through a really big depression. Right. Um, and, and I had to love her from a distance through it. I, I understood where she was and it was heartbreaking for me to watch. Um, I was just there. I feel like I was just, when you were ready, I was there. There was nothing I could do to pull you out of that. No. And there was nothing anyone could do. And, you know, I didn't realize how bad it was until, you know, you make yourself sit in a situation like this and you have to talk about it. Um, I didn't realize how depressed I was. I didn't realize how much weight I had gained. Um, you know, so that's where comeback equestrian came from. And that is where comeback equestrian came from. You know, that is coming back into riding fitness wise, but also mentally and confidence in the saddle. Because, you know, when you lose confidence in the saddle, I mean, it's very hard to get back. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm, I'm coming back and I feel super confident lately riding. Well, you've and been it's, amazing. And it's, it's so fun to watch. Like each, each week you get better and better and better. And it's like, yay. I'm like rooting. Like I feel like a cheerleader on the sidelines. Great. You know, and having this little horse come back from a situation that kind of, I'm just going to say kind of fucked her up and we had to start over. We started over with, um, you know, an off the track thoroughbred mare. So Jessica got here and what wasn't even a couple weeks. Correct. And I didn't, so let's say that I didn't plan on having a horse. That money was not there. Yeah. So we had to really scramble, um, me and Rachel, you know, as much it tested our friendship and, but here we are, let's just say here we are. It really tested our friendship, uh, especially, you know, without saying so many words, what I do out in the horse industry, outside the horse industry, it doesn't matter. Everyone knows I'm about business 90% of the time. Um, and having to deal with a situation with my best friend going with the horses going sour, that's going to test you. (laughs) And a lot of people judge judge us for it. There was a lot of things that were said, a lot of things that were not said. I stood my ground, Jessica stood her ground, whether we were right or wrong, we got through it. And and we figured it out for the horses. Yeah. It wasn't about me or her. That's at the end of the day, that's exactly what happened. And we figured it out. Yeah, so Jessica got one one of the bay mares back, her horse Pearl that she has. And then Francesca, which you guys will meet later on in a different podcast, she has one of the gray mares um, that was Jessica's. Francesca loves that damn mare. <laughs> she'll never sell her. Don't let her lie to you, you guys, when she gets on here. She'll never sell her. Um, but both of the girls are doing amazing. Um, so Je- you got up here, and then you got this fabulous job. Right. You know, that I, I at first was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I, I got this cool job at a gym and within the first two weeks, um, this is a job that was pretty commission based. And I sat down with one of the owners that I just loved from the beginning. And I said, Hey, this isn't going to work out. Um, and at that point she offered me a higher position with a higher pay and we were absolutely killing it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things like, holy shit. Another thing I'm sitting here thinking about, wow, hindsight's 2020. That really worked out. So you grew. Absolutely. Very quickly. And had to get my shit together very quickly. So how did that affect you in the saddle and things you were doing with the horses? Going through all that, getting this job, going, having to grow up really quickly. How did that kind of affect your mindset and everything going on with the horse industry or you that was the wrong word. Is it bad that I understood it? Yeah. God, <laughs> I'm sick still, y'all. Excuse me. So, you know, when Pearl came back and was, you know, having these issues, guys, we couldn't bring her in the barn. She was shaking, um, couldn't be cross-tied, was flipping over. And 
what she was when she left was so hard because she was so calm and just didn't care about anything. The sweetest mare I've ever met. I think there was a day that I grabbed her out of your hands and got onto her. Cause I just, I, seeing her like that. Yes. The horse was shaking and doing whatever, but she exhibited some bad behavior and I just wanted to put an end to it. <clears throat> um, and Jessica, I think watching you say having boundaries for your own horse mm -hmm. and everyone knows I have boundaries for my girls, but watching you step up, get this job and having to be, she's a general manager, you guys <laughs> congratulate her, but having to step in that role and having a voice and having to have a backbone, it re it kind of flew over to your horses where you were like, I know my horse, this is what it is. We're not going to do this. We are going to do this. So really stepped up and was an advocate for those girls. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that job kind of helped you grow into a better horseman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now I'm, you know, we've got our on such a great track and programs are so important guys. Um, programs you know, are important as someone who rode at home by myself for a long time. Um, I, even if it's from a distance, you need to have help. Um, and your horses need to be in a program if you, you know, if you want, you have any type of goals with them. Any mm -hmm. Okay. That's so important. Um, and I, I feel like we struggled a little bit back and yeah. forth on that. Me and Jessica did and her horse is in a program now and it's the program that works for her and her horse. Um, and I feel like a lot of times people feel like a cookie, a cookie cutter program is what's best for every single horse and that's not true mm -hmm. every horse has to have a different program uh jessica's horse does something different than elsa elsa does something different than my black horse mystique there's other people at the barn who do something different so you have to really get with the trainer or in a barn or whoever you're working with that understands that and tailors things to fit you and your horse's needs. Right. So having a mentor is so important and you can learn something from everyone. We all do things mm -hmm. a little differently. Um, we ride in a little different tack. Um, recently we found the magic bit for my mare and I'm so excited and I can't Yay. believe what it is. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the <laughs> flowers and glitter on that. I was thinking about it, kept me up at night one night. I was like, <laughs> Put this on your horse. Probably thought I was shit. Were you thought? Did you think I was crazy? Well, you know, the mare when I got her, the trainer, her racetrack trainer, went out of her way to let me know that the mare had a really hard mouth. And I knew you better. Know, whatever, whatever depends on how you're riding them. Yeah. And now she's going in a rubber snaffle. But there was so I will say a couple months ago yeah. there were some times when Jessica, you know sidelines helping her whatever that may look like um I was like well damn it the horse has a hard mouth Jessica's having a hard hand so there were some issues you had to get through but I felt like tell me how that great job kind of helped you work through some of these issues and just grow right and let me say you know working full-time at a job where you're responsible for things when i get off work and go home and let my little dogs out and then i go to the barn you know i want to enjoy my horse and i want to make the best of every ride and that saddle time matters to me and i think a lot of amateurs will relate to that but what i want to say also is yeah it's so valuable that saddle time you know after work you only have a certain amount of time right we don't need to get frustrated with our horses when they aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. And that was so hard for me to deal with at first, you know, fuck, I just got off work. I want to enjoy this horse that's flipping over in the cross ties. That's good advice. You know, and I just wanted to say that, um, these horses don't live forever and we need to make the most of the time we have with them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you even love, it's at Liberty groundwork, yeah. I mean, if that's the horse you're choosing, you know, if you don't want to sell it and get something already made and that's the horse you're choosing, be willing to put in the work that whoever tells you you have to put in or that you know you need to put in. Right? Right. So what is your rest of 2000? Oh my God. I know. We're, we're almost there. <laughs> what is your rest of 2019 kind of 2020 look like? 
And we're going to talk about, so I do want to say we're going to talk about Comeback Equestrian really deeply in January. Um, everyone makes New Year's, New Year's resolutions. Great. Yay. I don't. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we're going to get somebody on here, very special guest, to talk to Jessica. You guys aren't going to hear much from me during that podcast about, about Rider Fitness, her, her weight loss journey, how much, how far she's come, how much she has blossomed, and what goals you should have fitness-wise for your horse and yourself. So I'm really excited for that. But just tell us a little bit, how's your 2019 wrapping up? What's your 2020 look like? You know, I'm just going to wrap it up. You know, I'm headed to Mississippi tomorrow and that, what did I do? <laughs> I'm just going to wrap, wrap it up. up. I'm sorry. This... I'm wrapping up the year. I'm going back to Mississippi for a week. I'm going to, I'm going to miss her. I know. <laughs> she wasn't even going to come do this podcast. She said she was going to wear a mask because I'm sick, <laughs> but here we are. Okay. Finish. And, um, <laughs> you know, the first week of January, I really want to get on Comeback Equestrian and even if it's, you know, I want to share what I'm eating. I want to share the exercises I'm doing. Um, I want to share what my little horse is doing because I'm proud she of a her. big girl. She looks like, like a big, large pony. She <laughs> with my little horse. Okay. My little horse. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. So any like real big future plans, you know, um, no horse show. March. I can edit this. CS at Brownland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so excited. You know, you've been helping me prep my, my horse and I feel like having that date of a horse show, I'm ready to get myself ready and I'm ready to get pro ready. And I just want to go and have a good experience. And I think it's going to be great. So how everyone knows, so you know, I'm a type A personality. So goals are very important to me. Um, how has, you know, having to have at your job goals you have to meet, and then now you have goals you have to meet in the saddle. And I don't think, you know, looking back, sometimes we didn't always have that. How has those goals that were, you're going to meet or those milestones, how has that helped you kind of look in your writing? Right. So we've, I've been writing things down and I think it's so important, you know, have a journal, have a calendar right? Even if you're just writing your horse's program, what you guys did that day, um, what you plan to keep doing, keep sticks to the plan. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to say that it's so important that, you know, if you're writing for fun, great, but if you have dreams or aspirations of showing or that, or if you are going to show, it's good to have goals. You have to have those goals. I'm going to have my horse doing this by so-and-so day. I'm going to have my horse doing this leading up to the show. Um, I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. And things are always going to come up, but you know, we're just going to work through them and yeah. And you don't have to be perfect every Absolutely week. Absolutely not. I feel like amateurs can relate to that. Like you, there's a ton of shit going on and sometimes you don't get to the barn, right? Yep. And sometimes you do get to the barn, but it, it's, you need to get to the barn if you're going to have those goals and aspirations and have somebody that has your back um, to help those come true. So thank you for sharing your 2019 and how you grew through it. Absolutely. Very All right, Rachel, let's talk about you. What have you been up to this year? I don't know. What have I been up to this You've been year? doing a lot. Have I? Absolutely. Let's talk about your new job. Jessica probably have one too many beers or something. I don't know. What? I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, so my new job. Why are we talking about that? We're talking about your new job because you switched from two very different industries. And I think a lot of other amateurs might relate to that. <laughs> what did I do? Careful there. Oh, shit. No, no, no. Hold on. Erase. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So 2000, I thought 2018 was trying to break a bitch. <laughs> Literally. I went through a lot in 2018. Um, and above the bar kind of carried me into 2019 and early 2019 I was like you know I just want more for my girls I've always had more for the girls and I feel like I need to go back to a corporate job um so I applied for this job I applied for a couple jobs got a couple offers turned them down 
And then I applied for one job in particular, and I really connected with my current boss. And I love him to death. And that interview process. <laughs> so a lot of people thought you were crazy. Yeah. I interviewed with him for two months, and a lot of people thought I was crazy. I was doing projects for him. Let's um, say she wasn't paid. I, I wasn't paid at the time, but I was doing projects for him. And finally, I decided that you know he sent me an offer. So I went back, going back from working, I guess, in the horse industry full time, you know, and then going back to a corporate job. That was difficult for me um, as a rider. I had to get on a schedule of, oh my God, I'm not at the barn every day. I can't micromanage everything my horses do that I was used to doing. Um, and, and just personally, it was tough when you go back to work like that. You can't be involved so much. Um, I, I still managed to figure out how to be involved, if you know me. But yeah, that was really tough. But I'm super excited about my job that I have. It's fantastic. Um, I'm thriving with it. I get to work from home, so you know I wake up at five a.m. most days, get my work done by three, go to the gym, go to the barn. Like it's happening, and I love it. Um, throughout all of that, I was dealing with my dad. So no one knows. In two thousand seventeen, um, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and de dementia, and I moved him down to Nashville with me. And I put him at the barn. I boarded him at the barn. No. I put him at an apartment at the barn. Everything I love. Cash just knocked over the charger. Everything I love, apparently, I want to keep in the barn. But there was an apartment available at the barn I was at um, at that time. And I put him in the apartment in the barn. And I was working full-time at the barn and taking care of my dad. 2019 came. Um, he got worse. So I ended up having to make that decision to put him in a nursing home. And I think that altogether, uh, let's just talk about that. It's in, in, in your writing, I think. So I was going through all of that new job of getting out of being in the horse industry full time, dealing with my dad, going into a nursing home, Alzheimer's, dementia, to make matters work. First, the 12 years leading up to that, me and my dad had a strange relationship. Um, and you didn't plan on this. And as someone, you know, your personality, you plan everything. Mm -hmm. You're scheduled. You, you know, you're thinking ahead. And, you know, something that, that's something that happened in your life that you couldn't plan for and you had to deal with it. I felt very out of control. Right. And it, it affected my writing. Um, I'll be honest, if I wasn't working at the barn, some days I didn't want to get up and go. I didn't want to get up and go to the barn. I didn't want to see my horses. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to ride. I made every excuse possible not to ride. And honestly, I drank a lot. Right. Um, if people want to talk about that, judge me for whatever. I drank a lot. I love my drinks. Like now I can say I can have a drink and we're cool. But, but during it was different. It was very different. That was a different type of, um, you know, use of alcohol, you know, mm -hmm. and I think you, you did what you had to do at the time. And, you know, that's, uh, as your best friend, that scared me a little bit because you never know, you know, what yeah. type of, you know, how we use different things. Just got um, hinted around there for a while, but I just, you know, I hit it. I, you know, alcohol got me in the barn and on my horse most days or, or getting things going. And, you know, as an industry as a whole, I think there's an, uh, uh, there's a lot to talk about there, there is. on another episode. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm the least judgmental person in the world. But for me personally, if I didn't have my alcohol or if I didn't rely on that at the end of the day or whenever, I wouldn't be getting things done or going to see my horse. I was such in a dark place. Um, but 2019 took the job, um, got my dad settled in the nursing home. Things were going good. Um, and then I lost my dad in June of this year and that impacted, that's so heavy to talk about, but that impacted me. I thought 
that was the biggest thing I would have to deal with this year. Um, yeah. Another thing that was unexpected and out of control. Yeah. Just, I, I didn't know. I, I went to the barn that morning, stopped and I think a lot of people can relate to this. I stopped at the barn because my horses and my girls are everything. And called the nurse. My dad was doing well, but I stopped at the barn to check on the girls. And I think so many, I'm saying this because so many times equestrians, whether you're a professional, amateur, whatever you are, we put our horses first and we miss out on a lot of family things. We miss out on going to the dinner parties or going to the movies or dating in general or being there for our family because we put these animals that we love first. And I'm very much like that. Um, anyone that knows me knows that my horses come first. So I will tell you I can't go do something because I'm going to do the horses. And losing my dad and going through that, I wish I had gone to my dad before I went to go see the girls, but I didn't. So it's a good reminder, and it kind of made me grow grow personally in my values and my ethics and my everything that I stand for that sometimes you just have to put your family first. And I'm glad you said that and opened up about that. Um, you know, as an industry, we definitely, you know, this is, even if it's a hobby, it ends up being a full-time job with these horses. You know? Yeah. And we does. love it. Um, we love these horses. And it shows, but sometimes, you know. So how did losing your dad affect you as a rider? Um, it's a loaded question. I, I feel like I kind of reclused, if that made sense. When you got a lot going on and you're still trying to manage these horses and, you know, I have customers. So a ton of people coming at me different ways, regardless whether it's in the industry, out of the industry, got a lot going on. I have You had a lot of people who, who needed responses from you. Oh yeah. And when you were trying to suck back and trying to deal with it, you still had to respond. And I responded. You did. Um, wasn't always a great response, <laughs> but I responded like the work, world doesn't stop because you lose somebody. It was the most difficult thing for me to go through, but I stopped riding and it wasn't, I stopped. I, I literally just stopped riding. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to ride. I don't want to do this. I'd get on every once in a while, but really there was times that I wanted to be done with horses through all that. Well, through, throughout the summer, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to, and I had Elsa. I just want to get rid of Elsa and I want to take Mystique and throw her in a field and I want to be done. There was a lot of other things going on at the time besides my dad. And I was beat down. I was worn down and I'm a fighter. Um, I'm a hustler. I do everything I can to make shit happen. I make shit happen. And at that time I felt like I couldn't make anything happen. And I was going to say, I think for the first time in a long time, you felt like you had lost. Mm -hmm. you had lost a battle and um that's hard to hear you say you know thinking of you know she has these beautiful horses that are in programs and are just all of the things I don't know what else to say <laughs> and these horses are everything magic <laughs> hunter wise and to say you know she wanted to get rid of one and then the other one she just wanted to throw in a pastures you know we all go through things and she was there yeah and I had a we're back yeah we're back it took a lot to get back, but we're back. And I've been riding since I was four. I've been in the industry heavily since I was four years old. I, I don't I don't think a lot of people know this, but I started out AQHA all around, which is kind of funny. I know. I give her shit. I had her jog um, Mystique in a, a We did showmanship. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but that's why I started. So for all these years, horses have been everything to me. And for me to say that, I don't want to do this anymore. The industry had broken me down. The people in the industry had broken me down with just requiring so much out of me and being condescending and everything that people were 
close to me and not close to me, everything that I went through losing my dad, it was hard for me to swallow and I did not see any way out except to leave. I feel like that's a whole episode yep. in itself, but that, that's reality and it happens. And I think people can relate to that. Like I'm hitting a brick wall. What do I do? Do I stop writing? Do I, my answer is no. If I saw, I would be miserable, miserable. So you have to grow through it. So I figured out, okay, this happened to me and I'm in this deep, dark hole. What nugget can I take out of this to chew on and get myself out of this hole? Because nobody can save your, save you but yourself. Absolutely. Um, and for all summer, I didn't know how to save myself. I was trying to figure it out. I would talk to Jessica. I'd be kind of blank, I think. like, And she that. was here. She was here. Mm -hmm. So I was so proud of her. She was shining bright light and I was dying there you know, for a couple months. You know, there are sometimes you were asking me questions and I didn't want to influence you. I wanted you to make your own decision about what was going on. And, you know, let's talk about that. Um, you left a facility you were at for a long time. Mm -hmm. And what prompted you to leave? Yeah, so before we even get into this discussion, I want to say something on record, very upfront, and so everyone can hear it. I have loved, and I still love, everyone I have ever loved. There is no questions asked about that. If you need me, call me. <laughs> I, I love every person that I've ever been for. I, I love you. Um, but going through everything, so good. everything that I was going through, it came to like a, I almost felt like it was coming to like a head. Would you say that? Absolutely. And something happened and I just thought this isn't working for me anymore. And it's not right or wrong. It just wasn't working for me. I wanted my girls in my direction and my program and I set that bar very high for myself and my girls. And I knew that whatever was going on or whatever I was feeling was okay. And that this was my cue to move on. I think I cried for three weeks straight. You did. And, you know, talking about friendships in this industry, you need it in life. You need it. But this was another time where, you know, I couldn't, I didn't want to have, an opinion, but yeah. I was there and I listened because you asked for an opinion a lot and I wouldn't give it to you, but I was there. Yeah. And I asked cause I felt lost. Yep. And I'm like, am I, I, you know, I invested and was with a barn family for five years and I was like, am I doing the right decision? And it wasn't nothing. They did. They didn't do anything. I to say it was, time. it was time and I wanted something different and that is okay. If you take anything out of this podcast, it is okay to want something different and for you to go chase whatever it is that you think you want different. And sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes it's not. And guess what? Sometimes the grass is greener in the winter and sometimes it's greener in the summer. Right or wrong, you have to go do what you believe is best for you and your horses. And that's, you know, the decision I made. I cried a lot. It was terrible. I felt so, like I to went say through. The least, that wasn't some easy decision or some oh decision that you didn't think about. I mm -hmm. mean, it was something that you sat, cried over, prayed over. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. I felt like I lost like my closest family is what I felt like. And I was so upset that I sent my horse into shock and depressed in depression. Is it depression? Distress. Yeah, Distress. That's yeah. what the vet said. <laughs> I sent her my black mare. I've had her for eight years. When we moved facilities, I was a nervous wreck and I had to call the vet out twice. Um, she tried to call it on me and people are hearing this now. It was not an easy transition for my black horse mystique. It was not an easy transition for any of us. I think I was a nervous wreck. I didn't sleep. Jessica was trying to be there for me, but um, at the end of the day, it's been the best decision I have ever made in my last 10 years. And I'm so proud of you. I mean, I, I just, 
I knew it was going to be hard, but it has been so beautiful to see the horses coming along and it, you know, fully being exactly the program you want. Yeah. And I have full control over everything. And I think that made the biggest difference for me is, you know, what they're eating, how they're eating it. (laughs) I know that's weird. How are you eating your food today? But I'm able to have, not everyone has, not everyone's in a barn that they can have control like that. No, but for me, and this goes for common actually. Yeah. (laughs) But for me and going through this, that's what I wanted. So I found something that fit for me. So everyone has to find something that fits for them. And maybe it's, you don't want control over your horse like that. You need someone to tell you what to do because you don't have the experience and you don't have the knowledge to do it. And you need to be in a very specific type of program. And there is nothing wrong with that. But for me, I wanted the girls with me. I wanted the person I wanted to ride them. I didn't want to feel restricted. I didn't want to feel like every move I made was either the right move or wrong. I didn't want to second guess myself anymore. I just wanted to do what was best for me. And breaking free from everything was extremely tough, um, but it was real. And here we are today. And I'm, I am so happy. I think people tell me that I'm a whole new person, which has been, I I don't see it, but it's been interesting. It's been cool to watch from, you know, from a distance. It's, I know other people see it and I'm right next to you all the time. And it's, it's been cool. Yeah. I just, I don't know. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) I'm just happy. I think like I wake up every day and I'm happy. And I'm happy with the people. I have been so blessed to be surrounded by a bunch of really strong women and a lot of knowledge in the horse industry. Absolutely. There's some serious girl power going on right now that it's, I I didn't even realize until I thought about, damn, it's a bunch of girls. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bunch of girls. It's all, all of us girls and we all. a bunch of mares. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, (laughs) but we have uh, 10 mares. How many? Yeah. 11, 10, 10 or 11 mares on the farm. And you know, none of them are on depot. That's a whole nother discussion, but it's been interesting, you know, come for me. It's like, Oh my God, I have to turn the girls out these horses. What am I going to do? And Elsa, my gray mare has just freaking blossomed into this phenomenal little package of flower dust. I don't even know. She's amazing. So I'm very happy. I did, I did right by my horses and I feel like that's all that matters. So, you know, did you expect me to be here? Mm -mm. Beware. I'm here. I live in today. I live in Tennessee. No, is that still crazy? I think it's, it's so crazy and it's brought us so closer. Mm -hmm. Like we have big plans for 2020. It's like, you know, under what circumstances did we think we'd be, you know, in the same city? I, well, yeah, I live never. five miles from you. L- literally lives five miles. <laughs> that my house comes in, makes sandwiches, eat hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Jessica just cracked open a what? A cold one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm always like. Get your wine. And Jessica's like, I'm cracking open a cold one. Anyways, so that's our story. We, I know I just like completely randomly changed. You said whatever you said. So, yeah, I, I did expect you to be here, but here we are. There's a lot of great things in the future. Um, so let's talk about the future podcast. We have so many things coming. Yeah. So you just learned a little bit about us and growing through your year and hopefully you can relate to some of that. Um, But the future for the podcast. So I really, the entire reason we created Unbridled is because I want it to be authentic and I want to bring people on here. I want to bring... Francesca on here. I want to bring the fitness coach on here. I have a lot of connections in the industry and so do you. Um, And I want to bring people on here because we have to get over this whole thing about it's only hunters jumpers or it's only we need to come together as an industry regardless of your discipline. Horses remember you know what we love 
at the end of the day, we love the horses. And there's so much we can learn from a dressage rider or a rainer. Everyone says, send your horse to a rainer. They'll put a lead change on it. Let's talk about why you can put a lead change on it. I mean, I know that may be scary to some people, <laughs> but let's talk about that. Let's talk about depot. I was about to say, let's talk about some of the bigger topics. Let's talk about some of the debatable topics. Let's talk about George Morris. I, I get on Facebook and it's like, yay, safe sport, or oh my God, I'm going to kill myself, safe sport. And so like, whatever. I, I Let's talk about that a little bit. I want to hear both sides of the story because I may agree with one side and the other, and maybe I lie somewhere in between. Um, what else are we going to talk about? You know, let's talk about the thoroughbreds. Let's talk about some of the divisions we have going on. Let's talk about shit. Let's talk about footing. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about a little bit of everything. And I feel like the podcast is going to, sometimes it's going to give you a personal story on us, on what we're doing and, and how our horses are going. And hopefully you can relate to that. But most importantly, what's going to come out of this is you cracking up, uh, up cracking open a cold one or pouring your drink of vodka and talking to us about things that are relevant in the horse industry like depot and that is such a big thing for me <laughs> depot uh, what's a barn full of mares so or you know anything and everything that you guys can think of we're going to talk about horse sales importing um ppes trainers switching barns um Vince hype, confidence. Uh, we're going to talk about it all. Horse showing. What's appropriate? What should you pay for a horse show? What should you pay for a board? Let's just talk about all of it. And it's not going to be just for me and Jessica. Hi, <laughs> mom. Oh, God. We're going to have different people on here um, and get different perspectives in the industry. So we're very excited about it. And I want to talk about what you guys want to talk about. So you can, if you're subscribed to Apple, which I hope everyone has an iPhone in this day and age, you can leave us a review. We would love that. You can also comment on our Facebook and tell us or direct message us and let us know what you guys want to talk about. I would love to cover topics that people actually want to talk and hear about. Um, do you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts? You know, the next podcast we have coming is about fitness and mm -hmm. I think it's going to be perfect for January. And you know, let's, let's set some goals. Like we were talking Cause about, I'm a fat baby. Let's write it down. Sorry. Let's write down our goals. Let's, if we're going to horse shows, let's get a plan in order. Mm -hmm. You know, we prep our horses, but we need to prep ourselves too. Exactly. Um, so we hope that you have enjoyed unbridled with me, Rachel and Jessica. Um, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. I'm sorry I'm sick and I sound like a, I'm in a plunger or something. Not in a plunger, being plunged. Um, we love you guys and we're excited to share our journey with you. I hope nobody was offended. Love everyone I ever loved. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us. When we say this is our heart project, we mean it. And every day we love the horses. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unbridled. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. This podcast is sponsored by Above the Bar Sport Horses, specializing in horse sales in the U.S. and Europe. If you are looking to find that perfect unicorn, Above the Bar can help. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. And until then, happy riding.